In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Everything to everybody, everywhere. That's the gospel for this morning. Deliver everything that Jesus left behind to everybody, everywhere in the world. That is churching the world, and that is the task which Jesus gives all of you in the gospel for today. Now hold that for just a moment while we go back and review what we did last week. Last week was Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit, who sounds like wind and looks like fire, came down and overwhelmed the twelve apostles. He utterly possessed them, body, soul, mind, spirit, heart, and will. The Holy Spirit loved those twelve apostles so much that he let them play. He let them speak in languages that they had never studied or learned. He let them speak about Christ, and on that day, 3,000 people were baptized. And it was absolutely miraculous, and then it wasn't. On the day after Pentecost, the lives of these new Christians became rather routine. It is there at the end of Acts chapter 2, just beyond the epistle appointed for today. The scripture says that those new Christians lived every day pretty much the same way. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the community, to breaking bread. They went to church every day. Then they came home and said their prayers. And they happily pooled all their money to make sure that there was nobody among them who was needy or hungry. And then when those outside the church saw that, they were stunned to learn that people could actually live that way, and they wanted in too. And so, Acts 2.47, the new Christians found favor with all the people, and the word of the Lord grew. So there it is, the normal routine life of a Christian in Acts chapter 2. Christ, Scripture, prayer, the Eucharistic liturgy, generosity, mercy, and when you bundle all of that together, it becomes this fantastic and powerful witness to the rest of the world. It turns out that living like Jesus is churching the world. Almost every day, somebody calls me in my office, a senior pastor, and wants to sell me a program on how to grow the church. They do that because they know what matters in America is numbers, and the church is no exception. Numbers is how we define success in the church. Numbers are what count at the home office, and numbers is how we define faithfulness. But I would suggest that if that's how we define faithfulness, we should just cut out the middleman. I don't really need a program for that. All I need is a big stack of cash. I can stand out on the corner right here at Seminary in Maine and hand out $100 bills until the pews are full. I guarantee you I can fill this church even at the early service. <laughs> that is a church by the numbers. But of course, you know from last week and this week, that is not discipleship. That is a church by the numbers, but it is not churching the world. Jesus didn't ask for names on a page, people who are on church rolls. What Jesus said to do today is make disciples. 
Popularity has almost nothing to do with Pentecost, almost nothing to do with being overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit or possessed by him. It has almost nothing to do with love. And counting noses is not counting on Christ. So here's the point, which is also the task and the goal as we go forward from Holy Trinity Sunday into the Pentecost season of the church, the green growing season. Everything to everybody, everywhere. Everything that our Lord has bestowed upon us is meant to be delivered to everybody, everywhere in the world. That is what our Lord gives all of you to do today in the gospel. Practically speaking, it works this way. We are all born broken, sinful, and utterly self-centered. And very early in life, that makes us miserable. Because with our self-centeredness, we push God away and we alienate everybody around us. And so we wake up one day and we are alone and unloved. We are miserable. And some folks live that way their whole lives. But then comes Pentecost. Pentecost delivers Jesus. And Jesus gives one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And suddenly being forgiven, you're no longer an enemy of God and you don't need to be an enemy of your next door neighbor. And so your deepest fears are quelled and your deepest needs are satisfied. And we are drawn together into community, into the one holy apostolic church. But that is not the end of the Christian life. That is the mistake that Christians most often make. Your baptism is not the end, it is just the beginning. Jesus says a disciple is made by baptizing once and teaching over and over again and living in the delivery of the gifts. So it's baptizing and teaching and living which changes us and then people see that and they want what we've got and they will go through fire for it if you will only be a witness. When people notice that you are not miserable and self-centered and alone and unloved like everybody else in the world, they want in on it too. When people see a loving community, they want to be part of it. Forget about the programs and the initiatives and the small groups and the snappy sayings. You can even forget about handing out the $100 bills. Instead, try this. Get yourself baptized and live within the gifts. That is what will make disciples. That is what will make the church grow. That is what fills a church. And that is what happened the very first Pentecost. It's why folks were continually added to their number. Get yourself baptized and live within the gift. And so in the most practical sense, that means tend Christ. He always comes first. Read your scriptures. It's really a very good story. Pray. And as the scriptures say, pray without ceasing. Devote yourself to the Eucharistic liturgy, which is the center of life. Live generously. 10% right off the top would be just a good start, not an end. Be merciful in tangible ways. And that bundled together, that Christian life, 
saying and doing what Jesus says and does is the best possible witness to the world. That statement, your life, will get everything to everybody, everywhere. At Pentecost, Jesus gave a very simple template for his church. At Pentecost, the, the apostles were put in place to preach and to teach and to baptize, and then to celebrate the Eucharist, to absolve, and to lead the church. When they got old and begin to, began to die, they put men in place just behind them to carry on with the preaching and the teaching and the baptizing, the absolving, and the Holy Supper. The apostles and the pastors who followed them were put in place to deliver the gifts of Christ. They were put in place to church the church. That is my job. My job is to church the church. That is what pastors do. At Pentecost, the crowds were put in place to receive the gifts. They were those baptized, those taught and absolved, those given the Holy Eucharist, those who were taught to pray. And when they got those gifts, when they got that spirit, when they lived in community, when they lived in love, when they said what Jesus said and did what Jesus did, their witness filled the world and the church grew exponentially. That is your job, to church the world. Churches that are real churches, churches that are Pentecost churches or Acts chapter 2 churches, do not grow because of gimmicks and fads and programs and tricks. In fact, those things are detrimental because they entertain and distract, but they don't satisfy. And at the end of the day, they don't quell our fears. Churches that are real churches, those of Acts chapter 2, grow because the pastor cares enough to bo both rebuke and to bless. And the people care enough to live out the blessing they've been giving, saying what Jesus says and doing what Jesus does. The Christian life is not hard. It's actually very simple. It just takes the doing. The good news is, is that Christ guarantees it. That if you put Christ first and you read your text and say your prayers and come to the Holy Eucharist, if you give generously and live mercifully, that bundled together that becomes a brilliant witness to the world, you will have a life that satisfies and you will be a witness to those around you who do not know Christ those who would go through fire for what you have this morning. So it's everything to everybody all the time. It's not a mystery. It's a discipline. It's not a program. It's a life. And it's not all about us. It's all about Christ. And since it's his work, it is guaranteed to bless. And it is yours again this morning, if you will only have it. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.